Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Don't let his bark fool you. Roy has a softer side, too. This is The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. It has been a horrific time in Houston, Texas. In a couple of minutes, we'll talk to Reed Feist from Global News about uh, what's going on in the Texas city now and in the environs uh, today. I, I know that in some areas of Houston, as we've been hearing, they've uh, flooded some areas to keep other areas in uh, in better shape. We'll talk to Reed about that shortly. Also, in the next hour, uh, Professor Jason Busse the editor of the 2017 Canadian Guideline for Opioids for Chronic Non-Cancer Pain contacted me a few days ago about a news story, and I asked him if he'd come back on the show, because we've talked a lot about the issue of how Canadian pain patients are being terrified by equally, almost equally terrified doctors over the prescribing of legitimate opioid prescriptions to deal with their chronic pain. Doctors are afraid of the medical colleges, which are as we've heard, threatening doctors for uh, prescribing opioids in the manner that they had previously. And patients find themselves in horrid situations. So I spoke with uh, Professor Busse yesterday, and we'll play that back for you at the top of the next hour. Let's go back to our calls for a couple of minutes before we talk to Reed about what's going on in uh, Houston. And Dina is in Calgary. Hi, Dina. Hi there. Can you hear me? I can hear you fine. Wonderful. Thank you very much for taking my call. Love your show. Thank you so much. I, have, I just have a comparative comment. Now, uh, when uh, Omar Carter was in Guantanamo, how long was he there for? Hmm. I don't know. I yeah, should know. I don't know either. I guess that's where I'm going. I'm thinking five, let's see, seven years maybe? Okay. Once he was imprisoned, I put it in the back of my mind I could have cared less. Now, when he's come back to Canada, it seems like within a blink of an eye, he has received $10.5 million from the government. Uh, I question that unbelievably because uh, I represent or I am a, per, a part of a group known as thalidomide victims. We have been affected by a drug thalidomide. Now, we waited decades for the government to acknowledge an issue there for us to receive our money, yet he admits to doing something illegal and obviously uh, was put in jail for it and gets $10.5 million in the blink of an eye. We have members of our organization that are in a metaphorical prison of their own bodies, and we had decades to wait before the government acknowledged us. I just find that unfathomable. I'm so glad that you called with that reminder. I'm so glad that you called, because you're correct. Given the, uh, the amount of time that was available to answer Carter's challenge, it was cut so short mm-hmm. by a prime minister whose argument is, well, it would have cost more had we, as you know, had we taken it the full course of time. First of all, you don't know that. And what it was was just expediency. He was trying to get the Cotter thing out of the way as fast as he could. 
And with, he's banking on people forgetting the $10.5 million. And your argument, your case, your experience, and those of the other, so there were thalidomide babies they were called, right? Uh, we don't like the word victim, however, that's what we're referred to. Yeah. Thalidomide victims, and that's, our association is known as the Thalidomide Victims Association of Canada, or TVAC. Right. Yes, we were babies. It occurred at birth. Yeah, yeah, I remember it well. For the I remember it well. They do this. They do this quite regularly. They've done it also with the members of the military who were subjected to Agent Orange, in various uh, military institutions or areas, like in New Brunswick. I've, I've talked to to uh, uh, members of the military who say that you know who have documentation that they were there, and the government says no, you weren't. So you know, and they and they give them nothing. They give them nothing. It absolutely floors me that he has admitted that he threw the grenade and yeah. numerous other things. And, uh, I mean, they even have his sister on tape saying that they're involved in this al-Qaeda. Yeah. Dina, yeah. I have to run, but thank you so much for the call. All the very best for you. And thanks for the reminder about this. Very important. Absolutely. Thank you for taking my call. Take care. Thanks. Dina's in Calgary. In Houston, Texas, the world has been watching with horror what's been going on there as... Hurricane Harvey slammed into the city and into the area, bit into Louisiana as well, and then went back out to sea, and then came back in, roaring back in with more rain, huge amounts of rain. You know the story as well as I do. You've been watching on Global News as I have. Reed Feist joins us uh, from Houston, Global News reporter. And uh, Reed, I I don't know if if ever during the time that you're watching, you see what's going on, if you can ever become uh, acclimatized to the horror that you see. Yeah, it's certainly a terrible situation here for so many, uh, Roy, and it's just so widespread. If if you've been to Houston, you know it's such a big city and uh, so sprawling, and there's not really a area of, of the community that um, isn't hit by that, and that's the kind of the weird part. Usually in flooding, you expect it to be in you know, a certain part of the community, something low-lying, but it just seems to be everywhere. And now, uh, you know, I heard you mention before, there are still communities underwater. They may be underwater for weeks, if not months, uh, because uh, the community is trying to drain out uh, some of its really uh, filled to the burst uh, reservoirs. And then on the other side, the other big story is now the recovery. You've got uh, streets lined with debris. And uh, that's going to be, you know, the first step uh, probably on a really long journey as people, you know, do the work and one, do the work. And then two, you know, figure out who's going to pay to get their lives back together. Yeah, we've been hearing that a significant percentage, maybe the majority of folks in the Houston area and in the area affected by Harvey beyond Houston probably don't have uh, flood insurance. Yeah, it's only about 20% of people here, at least in Houston, that uh, that have flood insurance, and it's kind of weird. In the United States, it's slightly different than in Canada. Um, you can get flood insurance, but it's not through your regular house insurer. It was a federal flood insurance program, and uh, lots of people didn't get it or let it lapse because it was too expensive. Um, lots of people didn't get it because they didn't necessarily need to. Uh, you have requirements to get it if you live in flood zones, but, you know, people's homes 
homes flooded in this flood that had never flooded before. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, they're going to be in a tough spot and they're going to have to rely on the federal government. And today, uh, U.S. President Donald Trump is in Houston as we speak. Uh, he's, he's meeting with evacuees at shelters. Um, and, uh, he's at least uh, made the pitch for a first wave of disaster funding of about $8 billion. Now, that sounds a lot to you and me, but, uh, you know, the estimates to fix this city are probably well over $100 billion, and I'm not misspeaking there, kind of Austin Powers-ish. It's going to uh, be a huge sum of money that people will need, and whether the federal government has enough to go around um, is the question. What's the big issue today as far as, the, the flood itself is concerned. What, what's the most pressing issue on the minds of people in the Houston area? Well, I think it's twofold. Like I mentioned, there are some people that are still underwater. So right. for them, it's a question about when, when it's going to recede, and, and the answer may be not for some time. The other big thing is, is just, you know, they're, they're demoing their house. They're throwing out the carpet, the, yeah. the baseboards, the hardwood floors, um, the drywall, and that sort of thing. And they're wondering, well, who's going to pay for all this? I, I went to a guy's house in, in South Houston this morning, and it, and it smells. Uh, he's, he's doing his best uh, with his family. And for now, he's, he's paying for all this himself on his credit card. But, he, you know, he's, he's hoping insurance will pay for some of it. And then if not, uh, the federal government will help him. But, um, you know, I think that's one of the pressing issues. There, there are many storylines. The other one, I think, to point out is that in Beaumont, Texas, which is about three hours to the east of Houston, they still don't have a municipal water system. The pumps uh, that would pump it in from, from their river uh, died, essentially, uh, when the river swelled up yeah. because of the flooding. And, uh, and so I think some have a trickle of water that come from their taps. But um, it's hot here in, in South Texas, so, you know, over 30 degrees Celsius. And then you add in the humidity and um, without any water, it, you know, it's 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 making this recovery yeah. even worse. Truly a disaster. Uh, Reed, thank you so much for the time. I really appreciate you taking the time to join us. You're welcome, Roy. Reed Feist from Global News on the Roy Green Show on the Corliss Radio Network.